Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. So this is it. Surrender, sacrifice, and service, right? We're first surrendering ourselves to the Lord because of what He's done. Just surrendering all of who we are. God, I surrender to you. He said that we would give our bodies a living sacrifice. We just got, I'm sacrificing my life. Dying daily that you might have your way. Recognizing that as I do that, God's going to make clear his will for my life is going to be clearer. And God's will for all of our life is going to somewhere and it's going to somewhere manifest itself in service. There are cases where you have to take a step, putting one foot in front of the other. Then you can take the next step, not sure where it might lead, but continuing to proceed. What Pastor Bill mentions today is that things with God tend to build on each other. And as you give more of your life over to Him, it will become evident what the next step is. God will lead and guide you in it, so you don't have to walk in timidity, because you have God with you as you surrender, sacrifice, and serve. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans chapter 12 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. There are some basic will of God for everybody things, but we be careful in our areas of giftedness that instead of, um, you know, comparing ourselves to each other, we want to acknowledge the giftedness in each other and see where everybody's best place. Someone with that gift would be best place here. Someone with that would be best place here. And, and if everybody gets put in their place, it'd be a jamming church. It'd be a jamming church. Things would be getting done. God's glory. God would be glorified with all that's taking place. So Paul just reminds him right there in the middle that we be careful about that. If you're writing notes, I uh, was looking at the fall of Satan, uh, how Satan fell. It's in Ezekiel 28 and specifically in verse 7 talks about how in, in the midst of how did Satan fall? Satan was the anointed cherub that covered in heaven. He had he was beautiful, he was more beautiful than the other angels. He had uh, he had emeralds and, and all kind of jewels in his very being. He had musical instruments in built into his being. And it says that as he got lifted up, he got lifted up with pride. Um, led him from the position that he was in to decide, I don't want to give glory to God. I want the glory. Why should I, why should I worship him? Why should I, why should I lead others in the worship of him? I, I want my own. And that's what got him booted out. So we want to all be cautious about pride. Same thing got Satan kicked out of heaven and get you kicked out of some places too. And so uh, he moved from a place of being used to bring glory to God to being in a place where he wanted to steal that very glory for himself. And the Bible says that God will not share his glory any man because nobody else is worthy of it or deserves it. And so Satan fell like lightning. Boom. Ended for him. So we want to be cautious about that spiritual pride. Look at verse four. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So the church, the body of Christ is made up of many members. Everybody here is a member of the body of Christ. We're all different pieces, but we all do different things. So we're one body. There's unity, right? We're one body, but within the one body, uh, they're they're, they're all members don't have the same function. We have different functions. Verse five. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually we're members of one another. So all part of the body of Christ and we're members of one another. We're connected to each other. So we need each other. And that's what he's pointing out here. He's going to get to some of the spiritual gifts. But I want you to recognize that, right? When it says that we need each other, Understand that you need the people here and the people here need you. Um, Church many times is treated like somewhere we go to get 
I'm going to get, I, I, some people go to church to feel good. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I remember there was a few times in my family where things went really bad. We had a stretch where my grandma died one week, my aunt died the next week, and my dad's, died, my dad's mom died the following week. And my mom said, we just need to go to church to feel better. And we went to church, and church is supposed to make you feel better. Um, it didn't make me feel better, but that was from my mom. We went to church, and it made her feel better, and we all went out to eat afterwards, and that was it. And some people, that's what church is. I'm just going to get my feel. I'm going to get my spiritual boost for the week. Need a little boost in my spirit, you know. It's so much more than that, y'all. It's so much more than that. Now, don't feel bad if, if you get boosted when you come and you get uplifted. We should. Uh, we should get encouraged. And we should be edified. And we should be built up. But there's, there's a greater, di- there's another dynamic that takes place when we gather together. As the church, all of us differing in different gifts and different things will come in here. And there are times where God has not called you all to come just to get um, you got to I, I, I really am praying and I hope that people will catch this today. My prayer for us is that you would pray before you come to church, that you would prepare to come to church to be of service. Some people just come to church. It's like, man, I, the, the preparation for church is in a mirror and at Denny's is feed me, clothe me. I'm prepared. I'm coming. I'll be there. I need a little coffee so I don't fall asleep on the fella, you know, and that's that's the preparation for church. But you really want to consider this. There's something God wants to do through you when you come. Do you pray before you come to church? Do you say, God, give me opportunities. Lord, give me a word for somebody. Lord, would you use me today? Would you give me sensitivity uh, to what's going on to the people around me? Because there are people here today that need me. Just as much as you walk in here some days and that you need from the people around here. And there's somebody will grab you and say, hey, brother, and talk to you and edify you and encourage you and build you up and speak a word to you or pray over you. We need each other. Um, And that's why it's so sad when churches have divisions and all kind of gossip and things like that going on. When you look out here, you guys, we at war all week. When we come together, we need each other. We need to hug each other. We need to love on one another. We need to be encouraging and building up. Some of y'all came in and y'all was at war all week. Y'all came in here beat down. Y'all can't come here and get beat down some more. You know, we need to pick each other up and encourage you and love you up and leave you. At least you can walk out feeling unbeat up, you know, feeling patched up a little bit. But we need each other. The body is supposed to work that way. And so just know that. Know that when you come here, yeah, you're going to come receive the word. Yeah, we're going to enjoy worship. But also know that you're supposed to come if you're a believer already. There's something God wants to do through me, too. I'm not just going as a recipient. I'm not just going there to get. But I'm also going there to give. Uh, the best way I could, you know, give an analogy is football season. Um, if you play on a football team, you go if, if, if uh, somebody say a position. Give me a position, football team. Linebacker. All right. That was my position. So if you go as a linebacker, right, um, now I expect everybody else to do their job. Um, I expect the linemen to do their, their That's defense. I expect the linemen to do their job. I expect the little fast guys to run out there and, and you know, work out there. But then I got my role, Right. I show up, if I show up and expect everybody else to do their job and I just stand in the middle and everything in the middle just goes right by me, I'm, I'm hurting the team. The team is hurting because the DBs are, they're catching the, the they're, they're getting the guys that are running on pass routes and the linemen are pressing guys to try to get in there to the quarterback, but everybody coming across the middle, I'm just standing there looking at them. He ran right by me. Look at that guy. Um, I'm hurting the team. I'm not doing my part. So the church is like that many times. There are people that are here and they got gifts and they're just watching it happen right in front of them. And then even worse than that, you know what happens sometimes? The area where you're gifted, but you're not serving in it, you'll complain about it because you can't stand to see that not happening. I can't believe they let that be that way. 
Oh my goodness! Hey, what this, you you you, you want to help? You you want to sign up? You know, you have people that are sitting there like, did you? Sit, they type that word wrong. Did you? Sit, no, you know, the thing that you're actually gifted to do, you'll be here complaining that that's not happening. Um, so that's a hint at what you might be called to do, right? <laughs> if you come and you're like, man, this is this is missing here. Look at that dirty floor. Seven thirty, be here. Eight o'clock, we got mops and cleanups up. You know, whatever you might see. That I just, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, the floors are clean, but uh, you know, that's how it would have happened many times where God is saying, "Look, I, I would use you." You know, um, so put that in your back pocket. Now we're gonna look at some of the the gifts that are here. Look at um, look at verse six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And so we have different gifts, and the gifts function. Uh, they're differing according to how God has given them to us. But the key phrase there, and it's a command, let us use them. Do you have a gift that's dormant? Are you sitting here and there is a gift in you that is not in exercise? Write it down, please. I'm going to ask you to, even a step beyond writing it down. I want you to confess that. I want you to, I want to hear about it. I can tell somebody in leadership before you leave. This is my gift that I'm not using. Just to tell on yourself. Just tell on yourself. It'll be good for you. Best thing I ever did was tell on myself. I was at the church that my wife and I were going to, and I had sensed that God was calling me to preach the word. At that point, I was every day in my car, you know, doing sermons. I was preparing sermons, and I would get in my car, and I would, I was, I mean, I was tearing it up. I was preaching it up in my car. I was, it wasn't nobody in there to hear, but it was, I was going in in my car. And I remember I slipped up and told my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time. At the time, were you my fiance yet? Yeah? Okay. She was my fiance. She was, she was in wife preparation mode. And uh, I told her that, you know, that's what God was, you know, stirring up my heart, doing my heart. So we stayed. It was Wednesday night church. And we hung out after church and ended up being, at, everybody had left. It was me, her, and the pastor. So he came out and he's talking. And he says, hey, what, you know, so what's new? What's going on? And Mika's like, tell him. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell him that. And she, she urged me. And so I told him and I never forget it. He said, OK. And now they do things a little different over there. But he said he gave me a date and said, you know, he put a date down. He said, All right. On that date, you can do your first sermon. Start, start preparing something. And initially it was exciting. I was like, OK, you know, but, you know, as it got closer to that date. Oh, man, I've never been that nervous in my life. I've never experienced fear. It was a fright. Um, at that point, but I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that I said something, thankful that I got pushed out the boat. Uh, that's, that's what I was called to do. That's what I was supposed to be doing. So if you're sitting here and say, you know, I got this, this gift just sitting there and I'm not using it, but it's there. The Holy Spirit keep bringing it back up. I'm inviting you. I'm asking you, tell on yourself today so we can help you out. We, we want to help kick some of y'all out the boat. So, um, gifts differing according to the grace of God and then he says in verse in verse six again, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And he goes through a list now. I'm going to read through this list and go back and explain each one. He says, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. That's far as we're going to go today. Let me explain each one of those real quick. If it's prophecy, if your gift is a prophesy, what does it mean to prophesy? 
in our, in the, it, it, unfortunately, that's one of the abused areas of gifts in the church. Um, for some of us, we think of prophecy, you think of somebody coming to a church, a prophet or a prophetess, walking around, you know, prophesying over everybody. Thus saith the Lord, you're going to do this and you're going to be that and you're going to get this. And it's always positive, if you know. Um, they walk around a room full of sinners, fornicators, drug addicts, drunkards, and every word they're giving out is positive. You know, you're going to get this and you're going to have that and God's going to bless you and you're going to receive this. And everybody's like, yes, hallelujah. And, and they get paid to come and tell you all that good stuff. And then they leave. And when that stuff don't happen, they, they, you can't go get them. Where they at? You can't go find them. So that's not biblical prophecy, right? If you study prophets in the Bible, one, a lot of time the words weren't positive, right? They had heavy messages. Uh, we, we know Isaiah I mean, Jeremiah, these guys had heavy things that God had given them to go and warn the nations and tell them what I'm going to do and I'm going to break them down and I'm going to do this over there. These weren't things that these guys were like, yes, I can't wait to go get this message out. Um, but they went in obedience to God. And not that all prophecy is negative, but this is my point. When it says here, if it's prophecy, the idea is not always foretelling uh, the future. It's foretelling. It's it, it, Prophecy can go forth just as we go through the word. Um, we're foretelling. We're telling. We're foretelling the word of God. Not always foretelling. It's not always something. It can, it can include something future, something prophetic in a future sense. But it can also be something that's just stated truth, foretelling of the word of God. So it could be that someone with a gift of prophecy would be at a church like this and God would lay something on your heart to tell someone. And it's going to require faith for you to go and tell it to someone. God may show you a vision. God may reveal something to you in the, in the spirit. And so we want to, if God gives you that, you want to use it. You want to go forth with it. And if you don't go forth with it, then the people that might benefit from it won't benefit from it. Right. It's just you just kept it to yourself. So I've actually seen I've experienced I've received prophetic words that were absolutely from the Lord. And I knew it as soon as I heard them because they were a confirmation of something already revealed or something already God was doing. And so as I heard it, it was like, man, that's I know that's from the Lord. I, I know that you didn't just make this up because you don't even know this about what's going on in my life. So you want to be cautious, but you want to be also open. So if God moves in your life in that way, can I encourage you? Because if you're gift this prophecy, would you use it in the body here? One of the things that people get nervous about is like, what if I'm wrong? Um, what if I think God wants me to say that, but it's not what God wants me to say? Something I got from Jim Hesterly, uh, he encouraged people that are really trying to seek out God's will in that area. He said, what you can do is go forward and say, look, I believe that God has put on my heart to share this. So I just want to share it in obedience. And I'm really looking for confirmation. If it is from the Lord, would you let me know? Would you confirm it that I might know that that was from the Lord? Uh, if it's not for the Lord, then, you know, they're going to know. You'll find out. But, you know, you don't want to go forth lying on God. So you don't want to be walking around saying, don't say it, the Lord, bam. And then it don't happen. And I've seen guys do that. And I've actually gone to a couple of guys and said, you know, you lied on God. Right. If you lie on me, not a big deal. Right. What I'm going to do. But you really don't want to go in the business of lying on God to his people. I think the spanking is big for that. So if you give this prophecy, he said, let him prophesy. Then he says, let them prophesy in proportion to our faith. Uh, verse seven or ministry. The word ministry there simply means service, serving. These are people with the gift of helps. Um, and we need that. We need people that have a heart to just serve in practical ways, setting up, 
tearing down, setting up the stage, cleaning up afterwards, helping out in practical ways. That's ministry. The word just means service. Um, the word minister means servant. And so those with the gift of ministry, let let us use it in our ministering. Uh, often how someone will know they have the gift of ministry, they, the, the gift of helps or service is that they see things that need to be done. And they just want to do something about it. They want to help. We need guys like that. We need guys and girls with that gift. And so if you have that, please let us know. He, he who teaches with his teaching. Teaching is a, a very important thing in the body of Christ that we need. I think a lot of churches have been preached to death. Um, preach the gospel. Um, but how many times do you need to hear and receive the gospel? One time. You can only get saved one time. You might hear it reiterated, but if, if you got saved and you come every week and I preach the gospel again and again and again and again, you ain't never going to grow. And if I entertain you, that's what some preaching is today. It's more entertainment. It's not really teaching the word. A lot of places today, it's just people get entertained and they come out to church for a show and they get you got a, a song and a dance and a, a, you know, somebody swirling around and hooping and hollering. And it's got to be very entertaining to keep people going. But then people be in a church like that for 20 years and don't know no word. Victim to the cults. Don't know how to walk with God. Don't really understand God's will for their life. Um, teaching is critical, right? Teaching is how I get to know who God is and what he wants, what he desires. And we have to discipline ourselves to be taught. Um, but we need people in the body with the gift of teaching. So if you're here and you believe that you have that gift, the gift of teaching, uh, that's something that God's stirring up in you. You need to say something. Uh, you need to say you need to, put, you need to you need to bring that to the table and and be prepared. Uh, it's a necessary gift. We need teachers all over the place. Um, the kids need teachers. The youth need teachers. We need teachers here. And the cool thing with the gift of teaching is you can have five different guys and God manifests that gift to them in different ways. Um, I teach in the way I teach. And so, you know, the gift flows through different vessels in different ways. But the gift of teaching is needed in the church. The next gift. So if your gift is teaching, let it be using your teaching. He who exhorts and exhortation. If you have the gift of exhortation, and again, that's encouraging someone. I believe it comes behind teaching for a reason. Someone's been taught. Now you need people to exhort people to do what they've been taught to do. Encourage them to step out. Encourage them to obey what they've heard. Um, that's exhortation. Um, he who gives with liberality. Um, everybody in the church is called to give, but there are some people that have the gift of giving. Um, I would presume if someone has a gift of giving, they also have the gift of having something to give. Um, but this is a gift that, is a, that, it, that helps the function of the church pursue. Some gifts uh, are part of the actual work. Um, some gifts enable the work. The gift of giving is one that enables the work to go forth. And so they're members in the body that their, their thing is they sit there and they see needs and they have means and they have no problem just giving. So guys, if your gift is giving, then do it with liberality, right? The idea is this, whatever your gift is, you want to go all out. If your gift is teaching, me you teach your tail off. If your gift is exhortation and you be exhorting people left and right, man, we need it. If your gift is prophecy, man, don't hold that back. Give that to people. If your gift is giving, you do that with liberality. Whatever your gift is, you, you use it to the fullest for the glory of God and the edification of the church. Then it says, he who leads with diligence. Some have the gift of leadership. Uh, the old King James said those who rule. And the idea is those are people with more of administrative giftings. And they, they can set things in order and to say, look, you know, we're setting things up and we need that group here. We need a group to do that. And we, we, people that have that kind of mindset, those who lead, let them do it with diligence. Be diligent about that. 
He who shows mercy, do it with cheerfulness. There are people in the body that their gift is showing mercy. Just have those are those are people that I, I feel like they have big hearts. They can look at someone's face and see that they're having a bad day and they care. Right. Some of you can see somebody's having a bad day. You look at them like, oh, they like that bad day. You go the other way. I don't even want to get caught up in it. You don't have the gift of mercy. You know, <laughs> you might not be saved. You know? So but someone with the gift of mercy, they'll pick up on those things with just a super sensitivity. These are sometimes very sensitive people. But, but God uses that. And so they tune in and they care and they're not going to let it go. And they're going to grab them by the side. They're going to take them along and they're going to pray for them, encourage them and talk to them. They're going to call them the next day. They'll be thinking about it at night. They'll be praying for them. It's a gift of mercy. We need people in the body like that so that so that hurt people don't sneak in and sneak out. Because sometimes that's what people do. They'll sneak in here, beat down hurt, and then they'll sneak on out. And I need the people with the gift of mercy to spy that out. Ooh, look at that. I saw her. She was crying in the midst of the message. Something's going on. I'm going to grab her. I'm going to call him. See what's going on. We need those people in the body because people will come in with all kind of hurts and they'll sit here and they're not going to open up. And then somebody with the gift of mercy to see them and touch them. And it all pours out, you know, just needed somebody with an eye to see that. We need all the gifts, you guys. So this is it. Surrender, sacrifice and service. Right. We're first surrendering ourselves to the Lord because of what he's done. Just surrendering all of who we are. God, I surrender to you. Um, he said that we would give our bodies a living sacrifice. We just got. I'm sacrificing my life, dying daily that you might have your way. Recognizing that as I do that, God's going to make clear his will for my life is going to be clearer. And God's will for all of our life is going to somewhere and it's going to somewhere manifest itself in service. We're all called to be of service in the body of Christ. Maybe, you know, everybody doesn't need an official title or role within the body, but everybody's called to serve the body. We should all be here in some way serving one another. And so if you're saved, and you've been here around for a while and you're saying, you know what, I, I, I'm, I, I need to begin to serve the body here. I, I'm asking you when you come every Sunday or Thursday that you would come and be praying as you come. Lord, Lord, give me someone to minister to today. I mean, I'm going to come and I might get ministered to, too. But God, as I'm coming, I'm praying. I'm coming with that on my mind as I come to the house of God. Lord, show me someone I can love on today. Show me someone I can minister to. Show me someone that I could I could engage in an edifying way today. I want to come not just to get. God, I want to be used by you today. I want to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your amazing love for us. Thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord, to, to just to bring us to where we are even at this point. God, I pray you will be glorified in our midst today. Lord, we do love you. And we're thankful, Father. And I pray, Lord, um, there are any that are here today that today, God, they need to surrender their hearts and lives. I pray, Lord, that by your spirit, you would open their eyes and soften their hearts and prepare them, Lord, to, to meet you, prepare them to receive you. Maybe you come today and uh, up until today, you've not given your life to the Lord. Um, you don't know if you died today that you would go to heaven, um, but you're here today because God loves you and God wants to show his mercy towards you. And so if you're here and you're listening, you would say, you know what? I, I desire to give my life to the Lord today. I want to be forgiven. I want to I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. Uh, I want to respond to the gospel today. If you're here and that's your desire, we would love to pray for you uh, and just encourage you, help you get going in a relationship with the Lord. And so if you're here and your desire is to be saved, God is speaking to you and you're responding to him saying, yes, Lord. Is anybody here that desires to do that today? You want to give your life to the Lord. Father, we then thank you for those that are here that are saved. Thank you, Lord, for the work of uh, on the cross on our behalf. And Lord, um, we do worship you not so that 
you will do more, but Lord, for all that you have already done, God, we worship you. We thank you and we praise you. Uh, Lord, I pray you would just be, again, glorified in our midst. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Bovington and A Transforming Word. We know you didn't have to come today. You could have turned off this message and moved on to the news or to a talk show, but you chose to stay. You chose to invest your time in learning more about the Word of God with us. In this series, Pastor Bill is making his way through the book of Romans. In Romans 8, 6, we read, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You didn't have to stay today, but it might be the best decision you could have made. On the news, you could have encountered plenty of death, but here we're able to set our minds on the spirit together, discovering the life and peace that he brings. And we have more opportunities for you to set your mind on the spirit. Why wait for the next edition of A Transforming Word? On our website, you'll find a daily Bible reading plan, links to our YouTube channel and our mobile app. You'll have hundreds of messages available to you at the touch of a finger. You'll also find ways to join in the work with us through giving and prayer. Our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. But there are other ways to find us too. We're on Instagram and Facebook. What better way to move your mind to the Spirit than to bring Him into your social media? As you can see, we have many ways to help you connect with God throughout your week. Oh yeah, and don't forget to come back here next time for a transforming word to transform your life.